0: Hello everyone, Karen Glass here. And I'm sitting with my buddy here, Ross Brand. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. You're in the afternoon, right?
1: I am in the afternoon. Uh East Coast here. Uh Coast. good morning, Karen. Uh we're well, it's the early afternoon where good you afternoon. are
0: too. <laughs> you know what? It, we don't it, it's five o'clock somewhere, which means I probably should have a, a glass of something drinking, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna behave myself today. I have we a know, glass of have, water. You have your glass, and I have coffee, so I'm kind of you know. So I'm really excited about this because you have uh, done the something that most people can only imagine and only dream about, and that is you have three best-selling books on live stream and digital media. I'm holding volume three, and this is kind of what we're going to talk about today, but you have volume one and two. So let's just go backwards for a second. Sure. Let's talk about how this started. Why did you decide to do this?
1: So I had been doing... Ever since I started Livestream Universe and was just getting into this, um, I started predictions. There was a lot going on. This was 2015 going into 2016, and believe it or not, the issues were what was the impact of Facebook Live going to be was one of the big issues. Would it be a Periscope killer? Would it be a Blab killer? As we know, Blab X itself and Periscope, had a long run and eventually yeah. folded into Twitter, I guess. Right. Um, right. Kind of hard to figure out exactly yeah, what yeah. what's going on there. But that that's how it started. And I reached out to 37 people. And then the next year, I think, you know, 80-something or 70-something. And then the next year, I went over, you know, close to 100 right, and right. then over 100. And I think I peaked in <laughs> 2019 around... Um, 160 or something insane. (laughs) And then when 2020 came around, um, towards the end of 2020, it was the fifth anniversary of Livestream Universe. And I had a party and I figured, while I've got all these people here, let me ask them their predictions because now it would save me the time of having to round them up and get the predictions and all that. Little did I know how much time and effort it takes to transcribe.
0: <laughs> well, I was going to say, yeoman's job there. Yeoman's job there. I'm putting some hellos up on, on the screen. Oh, it's
1: great to see uh, yeah, so many line. of the we're people who here. contributed to yeah. the book.
0: Yeah, awesome.
1: And, I mean, I as I was transcribing it, I realized it was book length. So that was one thing. You have to have the content, right? Um, I also thought that, the conversations that we had before and after the predictions of how we knew each other, how we met. Uh, maybe I asked the follow up about what you're right. doing next year or what you think. Um, I thought it was sort of all interesting for people who might be either part of the community or getting to know what live streaming is all about.
0: Right. Right.
1: So that was another round of transcribing to get <laughs> that stuff into the into the book. Uh, but. Basically, you have to ask yourself before you do anything, what is the purpose of this? Is there any anybody going to gain from this right. or is this just right. a vanity project, right. right? So, what I what I started to see uh throughout that year of 2020 was How many people who had no interest in live streaming, no interest in digital technology, no interest in being on audio or video or even like knowing this existed, were now asking about what microphone to use and what camera and all that because of the pandemic. And I'm seeing these businesses that were going to go out of business and they started live streaming or they started a podcast or they started a YouTube channel. And all of a sudden, they were able to make up for the lack of foot traffic by getting customers from all over the world.
0: Let me answer this gentleman. Hey, Billy, um, I'm actually using Restream for this production. Um, StreamYard is another great platform as well, I know. Thank you for asking.
1: And so that's why I made it into a book, um, because I thought this was now of interest um, for people outside the live streaming. Right, right community people who weren't just enthusiasts but people who were uh in everyday roles and now they needed to learn about this technology and it became a part of of uh their lives and so that's that's why i I eventually made it into a book yeah
0: and in fact the first book was a bestseller the second book was another bestseller and it's not just a bestseller in one category right bestseller in multiple categories why don't you mention some of the categories that That these books have become bestsellers in.
1: It's crazy. Um, A bunch of digital media categories, um, podcasts and webcasts, podcasting and webcasting. So, podcasts and webcasts, I think, is the book version, and podcasting and webcasting is the ebook version. And then all across like digital audio, digital video, video production. the one I one I was most proud of was e-commerce, and we'll we'll talk about that probably yeah. at some point. But uh, that was one that I had sort of danced around, I think, in the past, but was a tough one to break through. Um, a photography category I was pretty excited about, um, but overall it was, you know, the whole digital media, digital right. audio, digital video, video production um video audio reference and it makes know. sense
0: it totally makes sense i mean as as I'm, i laughed before the show but it is true dale roberts says ross brand is the goat greatest of all time in case you're wondering what goat means mm-hmm. uh, of live streaming and so you know you 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 have a lot of respect in the community from all of us live streamers that want to you know want to have what you're having i'm putting some comments up here continue chris stone congrats thank you chris, hey, chris. Uh, the impact I'm putting forgetting as nothing short of incredible I totally agree guys you notice that I put up this is kind of cool technology that we have now and this is book number one um, if you take your camera out and just scan this you're going to notice little things little emoticons are going to pop up on the screen which is kind of fun uh, there's also links in the uh, chat as well this is book number one it comes in Kindle right and it also comes in paperback so take your pick uh, book number two Volume number two, again, you can scan this. And um, are the same people in all the books or different people? No, it's
1: it's different people each, each year. Some of the same people, repeat. Um, I, I'll be totally transparent. The way I do it is everybody who's in the previous book gets an invite for the right. current book. And um, they get about a week to submit right. their prediction before there's any competition. And then I right. open it up to maybe 50 60 new people and whoever I
0: wait for that invite i will tell you and i know that the majority of us wait for the invite because we want to be involved and, and participate in this so let's just jump into volume three there are lots and lots of categories um one of my favorite is live shopping. And that's kind of what we're doing right now, live shopping by putting the books up. So I'm going to go ahead and put book number three up here, uh, volume number three. Again, you can get it in Kindle right now with 99 cents guys. So uh, for the rest of the day. So if you haven't yet gotten your copy, go ahead and pick it up. It's 99 cents. Good deal. Um, It's a good deal for 1299 to be honest. So let's talk about live shopping and Mm -hmm. who are some of the influencers and the movers and shakers that were in the whole live shopping area?
1: Well, I mean, you got to start with um, the people who wrote the forward, and that's Chris Stone and and Jim Fuse. Um, I love what they've done with Dealcasters Live. Um, Pretty much the content on Amazon Live before they came along was largely the pitch fest, what I call, Mm -hmm. where a solo person sits there and holds up product after product. And that's fine. I mean, I did a live stream on Amazon Live the other day, and I talked about books from people that I had interviewed about live streaming or podcasting back in the day who have books. And I talked about their books and that's fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing that, but they brought the talk show format over. They started bringing on interesting guests who had products on Amazon and they were having an entertaining and informative conversation with their guests that replicated in a lot of ways the best of what you would find on other platforms Uh of what people were doing, but with the live selling component. And then they took it to another level with branding and little shoppable videos and everything. So it starts with what they did because they, they really kind of changed the game on, on Amazon and you see how they, they have built their brands. I mean, not that they weren't already significant players in, in the digital industry, but I mean, they just exploded their presence. They hosted a Amazon live entire mini conference at right. Um, right. Podfest. Um, they're super generous in in helping other people and get started with with um, live selling and Amazon right. and everything. So I, I would I would start with them. Um, our friend Joey Garrity.
0: Yes, love Joey.
1: Um, she has started her own network, Superstar Women's Women Entrepreneurs right. Network, and she's doing great things there. She's got her own talent; she's selling it on her, you know, her own platforms or right. on social platforms, distributing through a podcast network, and and so selling's a big part of, of that. Um, let's see who else: Dan Currier. Okay, I often forget to mention Dan Courier when we're talking about this because I think of Dan as a YouTuber, and he's a super accomplished YouTuber without any doubt, but he's also doing incredible stuff with shoppable videos, and that's an area a lot of people don't think about. When you get access to Amazon Live, when you become an Amazon influencer, you can now you might have to go to the second level. There's like three levels within the influencer, but the influencer allows you to apply for the ability to stream on Amazon live. So if you're in that, at least in that second level where he is, then when you go live, your videos get placed on the product channel when you're live. But you can also, and you might be able to do this, I'm not I'm not sure the exact rules, but he does these great shoppable videos, and he's been very transparent about right. the income that he's made from doing probably hundreds and hundreds of short, you know, three-minute, right. two- to five-minute videos about a product, giving his honest review. I and love this.
0: Chris just, uh, Chris just said, it's not live-selling for us, it's live-solving. I love yes. that. It's Perfect. Perfect. That's exactly. We're solving problems, right? And Chris also said you were inspirational for us. Thank you, Chris. Absolutely. Um, Okay, we got it. Brighetti says, um, at the insider level, you can produce shoppable videos and Mm -hmm. images, and they work. Or you can do what we're doing right here, and that is creating live stream and putting those shoppable moments right on the screen so that people can literally QR code and scan it pretty cool. And and it's a lot.
1: Now, now I I would say there's a good number of people in the book, such as yourself, um, Mm -hmm. Jeff C. Ian Anderson, gray, Stephanie Lou's been very, very much into, or Stephanie Garcia. She now goes by um, has been very much into the live the live shopping area. There's more people than I, I you know I could I could remember yeah. off the top of my head, but there's a lot of people who are using it and and using it very effectively. And right. creating good yeah. content at the same time,
0: That's which it. had
1: been yes. lacking yes. Yes. on Amazon. There's not as many creators on Amazon and a lot of them either seem like this is their first go around at live streaming <laughs> right. or They're not that comfortable with selling yet, or they don't really know how to do it or to how to create content in which, like Chris says, they're really solving and selling is a fringe benefit. Right.
0: And and wrapping the story around it. Right. And Mm -hmm. making. So it's not just, you know, nobody wants to sit here and just watch somebody sell, 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 sell. It's That's not enjoyable. What is enjoyable is what the story is behind it, what the story of Ross Brand and the book, what is that all about and all the amazing people in it. And that keeps people engaged during this live selling that we're doing. Um, we, we also have um, some people in the book that were involved with Web3. So for, yeah. those, for those people out there that are going, what the heck is a Web3? Do we have a, a, a definition for that?
1: Well, honestly, I'm still trying to figure it out as well. Uh, we do have a definition that I quoted in the intro in the book. Um, and one of the people that talks about it is Mitch Jackson. Yes. Uh, he's an early live streamer, pioneer, really probably the, the first attorney to be live streaming mm-hmm. regularly in a profession that obviously is not always the one to run fast and furious into those type of activities and so Mitch is a long time long time tech enthusiast early adopter uh obviously made a major impact with live streaming uh and he also runs his own law firm and what's interesting is he's taken his law firm into the metaverse and his other business ventures and he's been in there since the beginning and he's gone all in he holds his meetings his events his networking all that stuff, I, I honestly am behind the curve on that. So I recently it wave, got
0: Ross get get ahead of the curve. That <laughs> is definitely the wave. I've done some meetings in the metaverse as well, using my my glasses. You know those big, huge glasses, and I've met on the moon with some people. I've met in. Uh, uh, um, in Rome, I mean, it's amazing what wow. you can do it in the metaverse, and uh, yes, I definitely. Th- I, I'm gonna actually check Mitch out and see what he's been doing over there because so he- his his
1: book, Web 3 The Metaverse and AI, was a source uh, that I used. Um, the first footnote ever in the history of the prediction right. <laughs> came from uh, quoting his, his definition in there. Um, Dr. Tachi, um, the host of Mediascope, she, I think. Taglines like all things media tech and, and 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 pop media tech and pop culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's she is very much up on what's going on with that, and she talks about it. I believe in her predictions. I think I quoted her in the introduction. Brad Friedman uh, is is going to be active this year with virtual events and meetings, so um, it's definitely something that's on on the mind. And then AI. Although Mitch en- encompasses AI in the book, it's really like a whole nother area. And there's a lot right. of predictions about different ways AI is going to be used.
0: Yeah. Things are, uh, get ready guys. Things are about to get <laughs> really, really crazy. I love the fact that you have a section in there uh, and we have some influencers in there that are, talk about vertical video because with the, with the, not the rise, I mean, it's obviously already here, but with TikTok and, and, um, instagram and shorts and all of those things that whole vertical video is a huge huge thing and so you have some influencers that talk about that uh professor nez right is one absolutely
1: of them. um professor nez and i back in late 2017 early 2018 uh did the ross and nez show and it was a talk show like what we're doing mm-hmm. here. Um, but he has gone all in on the vertical thing um, and creating content vertically and is a, is a true believer in it. Um, and so have, have other people and they've seen right. really good results. Even if vertical isn't their main thing, because vertical is going to be very monetizable. Right. Right. Either I don't know if it's monetizable yet in and of itself, but what people like Michael Kinney, who's a terrific YouTuber and video creator, and does you know educational style long form videos, mm-hmm. uh, is saying is that it gets people to go over and watch your your longer form videos. Right, right. Um, Andrew Can, who who built Two Buddies um, channel to like five hundred thousand. Right. subs and is, you know, really a big, uh, expert as far as what's going on on YouTube. He talks about like, you've got to mix in vertical with Absolutely. with your streams and right. with your, your regular videos. What's, yeah, and really you know, cool. Dale Roberts, who you mentioned, Dale L. Roberts also talks about using all different types of, of video. So it's there. I mean, people are doing it and they're seeing results. Right. And
0: What's really cool, Ross, is that this particular platform that I'm using today, Restream, allows me, if I wanted to, I can't do it midstream, but if I wanted to live stream in vertical, mm. I can do that. And then, and that's kind of the things that we've been doing, is doing snippets of shows to promote the bigger show. But we're doing it in vertical, because you get a whole lot more likes. And I see that um, Andrew says, yeah, shorts and reels are huge. Shorts in particular, I don't know how many... Raise your hand. Put it in the comments. How many of you guys are doing shorts right now um, on YouTube? I don't know about you, but I can get like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of views almost immediately where I can get very few immediately on my regular videos. I'm curious what other people are having right now. You
1: know what I, I've noticed, and I guess it depends where you spend your time, but I went in on, uh, I haven't gotten in heavy on any of them, but my results where I've gotten really good results have been on uh, Instagram reels. So that's what I, I think about. Um.
0: <laughs> Thanks, John. J.S. <laughs> um, Gilbert wanted to know where his email to, to be invited for this. And, and John was very kindly telling him a thousand mules are stealing. <laughs> you. Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, Brighetti is actually seeing results. So check it out. That's, it's very Interesting. Yeah, I'm seeing that Andrew says the same thing. Um, Views. Yeah, the views on our reels and our shorts seem to be a much easier get. I don't know, you know, maybe because we're being shown, uh, the algorithms are showing the shorts more often, the reels more often than they are the regular traditional posts. Let's just keep going. Um, We also have the the niche community platforms. Mm. So let's talk a little bit about that and how live streaming is working in there.
1: Well, with that, you got to talk about Eric Hundley, and mm-hmm. Eric Hundley was a guy who was podcasting, and I remember having a conversation with him because he hadn't started live streaming, and I was telling him about Streamyard and how um how that makes it easy. He was a little intimidated about it, and next thing I know, this guy's blown up on YouTube. So he had you know okay, but not you know nothing spectacular results from right. distributing his content as a podcast, had never gone live, I don't think, prior to January of 2020. Wow. And he started going live on YouTube. And now he he does these long-form talk shows. He tells stories um, about historical events from angles that people haven't looked at. He talks about what's going on. With the three-letter agencies that uh, we don't want to antagonize, he looks at <laughs> things like influence, body language. Um, wow. Just taking a look at stories in the news from a different point of view, and it's it's fascinating stuff. And I I don't even know when the numbers are, but he's got four channels now. One of them wow. I I think is got he's got to be getting close to or if not over a hundred thousand subs. Right. Going from never having live streamed before to so why am I mentioning his YouTube? Because he at the same time created a community on a platform called Locals. So a lot of people who are on YouTube do the YouTube subscriptions and right. they... Patreon
0: and all that stuff, right?
1: Right, right, right. And 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 that's fine. But he created his own community on locals where you know you can kind of see some of the content for free, but if you want to watch right. private live streams and you want to comment and
0: right. on,
1: on posts and get in the discussion, you you have to subscribe. And think about a Facebook group, but with no competition and Love no it. concern about the algorithm. So you go to his locals community and it's not like you're, going to get pinged with a message from some other community or you know oh he posted it but the algorithm wasn't showing it to anybody
0: so what what he's saying and what the rest of the people in that is that communities are where it's at and i and i do think that that's true i think that as we continue to create content and we uh, continue to create raving fans and communities we need to put Mm -hmm. them somewhere and you know forever I have been saying that for those who think, well, I've got my stuff on Facebook. It's fine. I can just, no, you don't own Facebook. Facebook can shut you down in a heartbeat, or I'm just going to put it on YouTube or I'm just, you don't own any of those platforms. And so I think that's so smart that he started a a community. I think the mighty networks, is there a mighty network that also has a community component? I believe so. Uh,
1: There's, there's circle or circles. There's, um, volley, um, Jeff C started a community there, yeah. Eddie Garrison. Um, there's a bunch of communities right. on there that um, it, it's it, volley is asynchronous video audio messages. You can also text and images. Cool. So instead of us meeting in Zoom at a certain time and talking, I send you a video message. When you're ready, you respond right. with a video message, or we have threads. So it's sort of like, discord and slack but most people are communicating with audio and video so i almost feel like i'm spending time with you right even though i'm not on with you at the same time
0: no that's great now i
1: started using it and i started a community but i didn't really keep up with it um it's a lot to to filter so uh but i think it's definitely if you have like a course or you have a, a very real niche group or whatever, I, I think Good it's idea. got a lot of value yeah. for Yeah,
0: people. I, I agree. Yeah, um you also have it. there's a bunch of people in there that um are are giving predictions specifically about emails and newsletters you know, I didn't, I think they've never gone away. I mean, they've they've right. always been there. It's just how people have used them. I, I use them by actually putting my live shows once they've been done right into the newsletter as another way to repurpose. What do some of our experts here say about that? Coach Jenny and, and, the, and the bunch, what do they talk about in terms of email and newsletters?
1: Well, Coach Jenny is an interesting, uh, case because, She's really good at live streaming. She's been really good at 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 Facebook groups. She's been really good at building a community around mm-hmm. her coaching and her personality and what she has to offer and educate others on whatever platform at the moment. She got on on Clubhouse and leveraged that for a while. She's completely platform and and format agnostic. Like what she'll just go with whatever she's enjoying and is working with her. She had a YouTube channel. She's doing regular YouTube content for a while. I think she still has a YouTube channel, but she now is, is focused on things like newsletters and ways to just communicate outside again, the algorithms, which are not favoring the individual creator. And you can, you know, I, I hear this argument a lot, and I've had this argument several times with Eddie Garrison, who's one of the people who is really doing well in building community on Facebook, um, where he says, you know, it's not the algorithm, it's you, it's your content. But it's like if the government levied a 90% tax on everybody and everybody, like, it's not, you're not imagining that you're feeling it in your wallet if they leave you no money, if they share your content with next to nobody, this is an across the board problem. Even Justin Brown, who's got like a million and a half subscribers on his YouTube channel in the predictions, talks about wanting ways to communicate like email, uh, which is seen as a relic of the past, but like email where he can communicate directly Mm -hmm. and outside of the whims of an algorithm.
0: I'm sure you've heard the expression, the money's in the list, right? Yes. Okay. And that's all we heard back in the day. The money's in the list. The money's in the list. You got to build your email, you know, your list. You got to. And the reality is you really do. It's not so much even the money's in the list. It's the relationship is in the list. The more you create that relationship, the more chance that that person who you've created that relationship with is going to buy something from you. Or, or do a project with you or, or whatever. Anyone else you want to highlight right now? Yeah, I,
1: I, we got to talk about, when you talk about newsletters, you got to talk about Kim Doyle. Um, she's been a, a tremendous entrepreneur, a podcaster, um, a content creator, Facebook. Like she's been everything on, online and super, super smart, super talented, always uh, learning, always getting ahead of the curve. And she's gone all in on newsletters. She's got several different ones, and she she will write, share a personal story, something that happened, and then often tie it into sharing some tools, tying into sharing some advice, sharing something that she's working on, uh, but her, her stuff is a lot of fun to read and you know, she's a huge believer in the value of your email list and in communicating with them and she's having fun with it. She actually numbers her newsletters. She has one called F the Hustle. And I think I got I think I got F the Hustle uh like edition one fifteen or <laughs> volume one fifteen, you know, like like you'd number a podcast. Okay. So um uh, but she's got other ones. She, you know, uh has a, a planner out a a content planner, and I think she's got a, a newsletter through that, and you know, a, a one about her life and her travels. So, right, uh, a lot of different ways to bring people in and communicate them with them on what they're interested in. And of course, if you have a big enough list or you have a very engaged list, then when you have an offering, you right. have people who are going to receive it and very likely be interested in Especially it.
0: Especially if they know like can trust you and you've created that re- relationship. Um, I want to jump into LinkedIn and Pinterest. Uh, sure. Both of these platforms are now um doing live linkedin has had live for a while you have to apply sometimes it's hard to get in there the trick guys is is they don't like youtube videos so if you're going to share videos on linkedin and that's how they're going to prove you share something else rather than a, a youtube video i learned the hard way i must have applied six times and i i couldn't figure out what was going on until i uploaded a vimeo video instead and boom just like that i got accepted so that's a trick the other thing is pinterest pinterest is now also Doing live TV, but they're doing something different, right, Ross? They're actually—you have not only do you apply, but you have to get your your actual videos approved before they put them up. Interesting.
1: So, is it live or is it? Um, it is live. It's
0: it's in beta, and you can apply.
1: And, and there's a schedule, so it's yes. almost like a linear like channel a, in a way. Which we
0: know how much we love linear television. Right, right. Um, absolutely. Um, and it is live. It's in beta, though, so you have to apply. And the way you apply is by sending them a video that shows that you actually know what you're doing, and you can get in. So let's talk about that, because we do have people in the book that talk about LinkedIn and Pinterest.
1: Yeah, and one of the people who talks about it is John Burke from Al Roker Entertainment. And he said that he had always been posting on the company page they have a um, a production company Mm -hmm. and he does the the digital marketing and and a lot of the um, different promotions and things for Al Roker and his production company Mm -hmm. and he had always put it on the company page so he eventually took the page that he had parked for a personal page for Al Roker and built that out. And, you know, he admits in the prediction, granted, he's a celebrity. But even so, comparing it to engagement elsewhere and comparing it to business-focused engagement, he realized, okay, I should be using his personal profile to promote the company, not yeah. the company profile to promote the company because... Um, it just, it's where right. the engagement is. It's where right. people are paying attention on LinkedIn. And then when you factor in, would a potential client rather receive a message or read something on LinkedIn versus encounter their own stuff, perhaps being promoted on another platform, right. there's something for the business client, you know, that mm-hmm. that, that just is different about getting that And seeing it promoted on LinkedIn. And that's important. Yeah,
0: what you're saying is important. I mean, also, I think what's important is remember what each platform actually does. LinkedIn is very much a business platform. You probably would not put things up there that belonged at a picnic. You know, right, you, right. You, you want to put business and the same thing on Pinterest. It's more woman centric. It's more, which is great for, for live stream, to be honest. It's it's so inter- engaging and so interactive and they love the carousels and they love all of the videos. So Pinterest is awesome. I I'm jumping back into Pinterest. As you know, I know you are too, right?
1: <laughs> a little bit. I, uh, a little bit. Dipping a toe in. Um, I, I think with LinkedIn, I'm going off of what other people are saying. My experience with LinkedIn hasn't been of late as positive as it once was Mm. for myself. But I mean, you have people like Brian Wallace, Judy Fox, Jamie Cohen, uh, Brian Shulman, a lot of different people who are in the book who are all in on LinkedIn and, and seeing great results. And, you know, maybe for me, what's surprising to me is I have more followers on LinkedIn than any other platform. So you think I I would see some results on LinkedIn. Uh, Whereas when, when I first got LinkedIn live and everything, it was, it was off the charts. Like I was just, they were showing you stuff to everybody and people were watching.
0: Right. Now, lately,
1: if I go live, if I post something, it's all crickets. Right. And so I don't know, I may have to look into my settings or whatever. So I am reporting here in what the experts are saying, the people who spend their time there. I cannot, through my own experience, say that LinkedIn is where you should be. But the fact that these people have very different backgrounds, very different use cases, and are having success, and the fact that Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, some of the other major platforms right now, Don't seem to be delivering always.
0: (laughs) I think it's, It's, but but it's more where, where is your audience? If your audience is not on LinkedIn, guys, don't, don't stream the LinkedIn. That just doesn't make sense. If your audience is on Pinterest, then that's where you need to be. I, I hear a lot of uh, social media gurus that will say you have to be on everything. And what does a small business owner or, or an entrepreneur do when they hear that? they they freak right. out because there's no there's not enough hours in the day to do everything so i would like everyone to reframe that you don't have to be on everything be on the platforms that work for you and your network and clientele right i mean that makes right. sense it just makes sense right what about creating courses for next year for this year rather 2023 how is the predictions how do the predictions talk about that
1: yeah i mean i think there are different views Um, so, uh, Dorian, uh, Morin, who's first time in the predictions, um, excited about, uh, her being a part of this. And she talks about people going to live streams and short videos, shorts Mm -hmm. and reels and TikTok and, and just getting that snippet of information they need. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, I think we all agree that, formal education, in-person education, university education, yeah. Yeah. graduate degrees, all that stuff has been devalued to some extent yeah. um, for a variety of reasons that would go way beyond the scope of this conversation. Um, but that said, it's also extremely expensive. Right. And so online offerings in comparison are a lot more affordable. Mm-hmm. And then you also have what are employers looking for or what right. are clients looking for and they're less likely than ever in the past to be impressed by a degree and more likely to be impressed by have you done it before can you do it right now can you get it done for me do right. you know more than i do about it right. <laughs> you know and and so all that opens the door for online education so there's different approaches Dorian was saying that she's she's looking at the very short form approach. People just want that little bit of information they need to get done, what they need to do, and they don't want to enroll in a full course, whatever other people like, uh, Tony Henderson mayors. She talks about the fact that, you know, people will eventually be having their, and they already do to some extent, their own academies, their own, you know, I could see a time when, Whatever your specialty is, you have your own certification, and if you get enough people to go through it, that becomes a signal to employers right. of okay, this person is prepared and ready for the right. job. I would need them to to do. Um, Dale Dale has an interesting use case. Dale o. Roberts, um, he set up a streaming service on U uh, Screen that's basically you subscribe for $9.99 a month, let's say, Mm -hmm. I I don't know exactly how much it is, but when you subscribe to that, you get his video courses. And so rather than buying one or buying 10 or whatever, you subscribe. He continues to drop new material and update things as needed, but it's a video on demand. So it's it's like a reference library. And when you need to learn about how to set up your keywords on Amazon, for example, you, you would go watch the video in, his, in one of his courses right. that's on that. And then you come back when you have something else you want to learn. So I, I think that's an interesting model. I know you and I have talked about subscription right. models and, right. and, and different things and where that's all going. And a lot of people are setting up sort of their Netflix style thing for entertainment. But I think it's an interesting use case courses and you're seeing that on platforms like screen and Vimeo where right. you know people who do yoga and they do right. exercise and right. and diet and food and and all these different areas are are doing really well with the subscription model it's not only entertainment programming
0: If you're just tuning in, we are talking with Ross Brand, who is the coordinator, producer, publisher, whatever you go, you know, (laughs) the GOAT of 100 Live Streaming and Digital Media Predictions, Volume 3, of which over 100 uh, live streamers.
1: Obligatory, obligatory Obligatory. show the book.
0: There you go. Um, are are in this book and we've had the opportunity to put some of their comments up on the screen. Now I'm going to talk about a little bit what I think is happening this year. Um, For those of us who are live streaming and turn our live streams into podcasts, where we drag that, you know, the audio out and create podcasts, that's always been a great way to repurpose your content. Spotify in this past six months have ju- has jumped into the arena and allowing you to now not only upload your podcast audio, but also the video, meaning that you're going to reach people how they want to uh, consume their information. So if you have a Spotify account and it's your favorite podcast there, you can now watch it if that person has put it up there. And that has been a game changer, I think. I think Spotify is just the first to the party. I think we're going to see more and more as the video... Uh, starts to, the live streaming video starts to take place out there. So I'm really excited about what's happening on Spotify. Um, and I think they're just the first. Of well,
1: I actually started last year at uh, about the same time I went to PodFest, uh, a podcast called Recordings, exactly because of the fact that I had all these live streams. Some I had made into podcasts and they were under different shows but I wanted to have one place where I would start taking not only the the um, stuff that had been made into podcasts, but right. stuff that was that had been sitting around forever that I've never done, and put it all into one feed. Not the least of which is so I could reference it quickly if I wanted to play an audio clip right. in a live stream or something. Right. Um, but what I like is is that I can backdate stuff to when it actually existed. Mm-hmm. You know when it actually went live, so that the top of the feed can be when I am turning out episodes with some right. regularity. It's a living, breathing podcast at the top of the feed, not you know here's a podcast right. from 2017, and then right. here's another new one, unless there's a reason to recycle.
0: Right, and, and there's right. lots of there's lots of different places that we can be streaming now. Roku. And Amazon Fire uh, and the ability to actually stream directly to them. That's coming up. We know about that. And also to be able to do your shows and push them over to Roku as I do. All of my shows live on Roku and Amazon Fire. Meet your audience where they are. And my audience is older. They'd rather sit on a couch and watch the television. Um, Who else? We have virtual events. Now, this is awesome. I love the whole idea of virtual events. So let's talk about some of the authors on that one.
1: So um virtual events. That's a it's an interesting topic actually because a lot of people think that virtual events are boring and think that they've passed their time. I actually don't think so. I think that as events come back and there are some like Podfest. no matter how I how hard I try to not go, <laughs> I just can't stay away because i love the people there i like the whole environment i learn i get to see and spend time with you know a lot of the people who are in the book and just some of my favorite people and it's a great great event um but we also start to realize how much time it takes to go to events and how much it costs and i think the reason why virtual events haven't been very good is that people have looked at virtual events more like a live stream. Mm-hmm. So is your virtual event a Facebook Live? Is it just a bunch of videos thrown up on a certain right. day? Or is your virtual event an event? Is it an experience? Is it something that, you know, is contains some of the elements right. of what we like about in-person events, but also isn't trying to replicate what it can't do As a virtual event. So for me, the mindset, and there are different ways to do it. I'm not saying this is the way to do it. But for me, it's always been about the mindset of getting people off of social and sending them to another platform where, you know, they can feel the mindset is they're going to an event rather than right. they're watching a facebook live there's also there's hybrid and, there's right, hybrids right.
0: to this as well and that is with the whole meta- metaverse where i have i am aware of events that have the live people, as well as the people who are on virtual, and then the ability to go into private rooms via the Metaverse with people that are actually live at the event. So I think we're gonna see a whole bunch of hybrid stuff that's going on. I know John Pretto was involved in all of that kind of stuff. I don't know if he's still on the live right now, but he's really involved in all of that. Um, I, I think, again, there's so many things that are be, that are gonna be rolling out in this next year or two. It's very exciting.
1: Yeah, Katie Brinkley's doing a great job in putting together um, a, a virtual event. It's called the Social Profit Lab. And I, I can't wait to uh, to participate in that. I think it's, uh, I mean, everything she's done has been like first class or branding, the way she's putting it together. Um, and, and so I'm looking forward to that. Brad Friedman, as I mentioned earlier, planning on some events within the metaverse. Right. Um. Katie Horner is big in the education area and she talks about virtual events in the book. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I think that people are sleeping on it and I think it's going to come back or just it may never have gone away. But it, yeah, I I think people have gotten bored with the same old, same old. But there are ways to re energize virtual events and tech is going to continue to improve and facilitate new ways. I I think think John, John, uh, John Preto, I think you mentioned has talked in the past about ways that AI can do matching of people, networking and things like that. So there's a lot of potential for virtual. And
0: I also think that um, the whole virtual thing actually obviously exploded during the last several years because of the Mm -hmm. pandemic. And I think there's this exhaustion over it for all of us who sat in front of our screens for, how many hours a day? That almost, I think, it's like a, a you know, a resisting. I think I'd rather go to a live at this point because I'm so sick of being online. right, work. right. I think well, here's the
1: thing. other thing. And you can tell I'm kind of passionate about the subject, but here's the other thing, right? We're in Zoom. A lot of us who have either been working remotely for years right. or started remote working remotely at the pandemic and are now continuing to work remotely. Uh, and, and that may be an option, we don't want to spend all day in, in Zoom meetings right. and then go to an event that's a Zoom meeting.
0: Right. We
1: want something that feels like an event. And, and so it can't necessarily be using the exact same technology exactly. with the exact same problems as well as good things, but problems. Right. What we don't like about Zoom there's, there are great things about zoom zoom's been a a, a lifesaver for people during the right. pandemic but there's things that annoy people about being on zoom for too long right mm-hmm. so you the last thing you want to do is on saturday spend your day in zoom Correct. but would you go to a virtual event platform where it was fun and there was a lot of things going on and absolutely. you know that I, absolutely so I, I i don't know where that is and what that's going to be a year from now but I think there are there are companies. There are good, companies. there are good, good yeah, companies out there, but I think more needs to develop on the technology agree, side.
0: Agree. But okay.
1: I, I I think it's more about how we think about virtual events and what we're trying to accomplish with them.
0: Right. I I've seen some of these virtual events where they will send to the attendees right to their homes swag things that mm. they can you know have as part of the event. It makes you feel like you're almost there. Almost, not quite, but right, almost right. there. So I, I think that that's also a, a um, developing idea as well. Anyone that we've missed that we want to make sure we talk about in terms of the book, because there's like a, a hundred plus, so I know we can't talk about everything, but...
1: I, I mean, I'd like to talk about everybody.
0: Um, <laughs> I can't single any,
1: anybody out. Um, all, all, you know, really, we, we got a, a great group of predictions. I'll, I'll say this about the book, which I think is really interesting. This is the least live streaming, podcasting, YouTube-centric, other than shorts, YouTube-centric of the three books. Interesting. uh, People really responded to what was going on um, now and what's coming. And I think, you know, you certainly are going to get insights about live streaming and podcasting and YouTube, but it really goes into these different niche areas as people try and figure out. How can I better connect with my audience now that the algorithms aren't the same, now that social media seems to be in flux in, in a lot of ways? Um, the, the AI, in, in the introduction, I gave AI its own its own area, separate from Web3. Web mm-hmm. Gord Eisman has some interesting ideas about how you can use AI uh, for video editing, um, I, 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 other people have talked, talk in the book about using AI for video editing. Um, Dan Currier has a funny line about we'll all encounter it, but will we know it when we see <laughs> it? That's a <laughs> good point. You know, uh, so I, that's a big thing. I, a whole debate. Um, Nancy Ankowitz um, talks about how, uh, she had her, her students use it to many of whom were not native English speakers to perfect their resumes and mm-hmm. their cover letters and LinkedIn profiles right. and how it, it really did a great job to right. use chat GPT. Um, right. And then creative You know, friends. what are the ethical issues around that now? Now that we know that it can do this stuff, what are the ethical issues? How do we use it? How do we not use it? Um, what does it mean? How is it gonna change right. how we, we do our jobs and, and, and so there's a lot in about AI that's very interesting in in very in the book.
0: Very. I'm curious as how it's gonna roll out. I know there's another platform you introduced, I think, uh Creative Fabrica is the other one. I have
1: uh yeah, people go there for like fonts and things like that. No, actually more. you
0: can write entire articles, essays, blog posts, oh, really? Facebook ads. It's very, very cool. You know what? I'll put the link that you gave me. I'm going to put the link in the chat. Okay. After the thing. It's very cool, guys. Uh, I And again, we're not suggesting you go and just have them create articles for you and just put them out that way. That's not how this works. This is simply a, hopefully, it's not how it works. You get the the, the article or whatever, and then you rewrite it to make it have your flavor, your taste, your sound.
1: Well, I was doing research for a, a show where I was going to be a guest on, on a podcast talking about something that... I knew about, but I don't spend a ton of time on. So Mm -hmm. it it was something that like, did I forget something? What what other uses for live streaming in this situation could work? So I put that into chat, GPT. GPT. It gave me back a list that included things I hadn't thought of. Wow. And then I added, you know, from my own experience, then I because it's very fairly general, right. right? Sometimes it's repetitive, but then I can just add in from my own experience, right. but I would have forgotten to mention a or exactly. B or whatever. Starting then board. I can, you know, right. um, and I, I don't usually do that kind of preparation before a live stream, but when I needed to do it and I had a short time frame before the show, man, it, it was great to be able to get a list and then, just fill in my own my own experiences and, and, and areas. So I, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be it, it's it's here to stay whether we like it or not. And the skill is going to become how do you give it the right inputs and then how do you on the other end, personalize it, add your own expertise, keep it from being general, make it specific to something. That's where the skill. So you're still going to need humans and writers, although who knows, it could through machine learning, it could get to the point where maybe it could do all that. I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, I hope not. I hope that we still have the human component, Mm -hmm. not just the human component that created the information that's there, but us as being the human component.
1: But certainly in in, in the short term, it's not ready for you to just like, here's a topic, do my blog post for me. Very much. Uh, uh, otherwise, you're just going to have generic content exactly. that.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, if you're just tuning in, you're almost too late. We're almost at the <laughs> end. We've been talking about um, the three volumes of the 100 Live Streaming and Digital Media Predictions, Volume Three, just launched. Over 100 people are quoted in here the influencers, technology gurus, live streamers, you name it, digital media specialists, they're in here. It's a great book. I'm not saying that because I'm in it. I'm saying it because if you are looking for just a one nugget, you're going to find at least one nugget in here. You're going to find at least a hundred nuggets in here. That's going to take you to the next level in your live streaming. Would you agree, Ross? Obviously you would put this
1: together i'm biased i just want honest (laughs) reviews that's all um and then we have resources in the back so if you're wondering what i use or what i would recommend right um obviously there's more resources than than could be named but i i think it's i i think we got a list together that's sort of like you can't go wrong with any of these these choices that are in the in the, back of the
0: book. So you can pick these books up on Amazon or on Barnes and Noble. We did put the Amazon links in there. Check it out. Let us know what your favorite tip is. We'd love to hear what your favorite tip is. Send it in either to Ross or myself or one of the other amazing authors. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. Ross, thank you so much for joining. I know that you are on your way to PodFest right after this for the week. Have a very safe and exciting trip. I'm sure you're going to have a lot of fun. Can't wait. Are you going to do some lies while you're there?
1: I may. I'm All right. I won't <laughs> commit, but there's a chance, an outside <laughs> chance. I might go
0: live. an outside chance. <laughs> Thanks oh.
1: so much for having me, Karen. This was really fun. And I, I love the author spotlight series and it's, a, it's an honor to be on it.
0: Oh, well, thank you for joining. I'm so glad you did um, go out and give somebody an awesome day, everyone. And we know that you had a choice as to where you spend your time and you chose to spend it with Ross and I today. See you next time. Goodbye, everyone.